Hello there, and welcome to a special episode of Here's Johnny's Reviews, my six-year anniversary. My God, six years. <laughs> Tonight, I have a guest with me, Martin from the Bad Wolf Podcast. Hello, and congratulations on six years, Johnny. Yeah, six years and 300 plus podcasts. Said help. <laughs> <laughs> and you do them by yourself. That's even more impressive. Yeah, yeah. I've possibly done about maybe 20 uh, with a few <laughs> guests. Um, but yeah, most of them are on my Todd. So this is this is joyful. Everything's done by me. And I, that's what annoys me about these people. Go, oh, how do you set up a, a podcast? You buy a decent mic, you get a decent audio recorder, and you pick a subject, pick a yeah. title for your podcast and do it. It's not fucking that hard for crying out loud. I mean, God, I mean, you've been doing yours, what, for, was it 10 years you've been doing yours for? Uh, 11 years now. Oh, yeah. was 11? Oh, right. Okay. It, it was slightly harder back in the day because um, there weren't that many around. There wasn't that much equipment. Mm. I think the the first four episodes were recorded with the internal mic of my laptop. Oh, God. Uh, don't that do that, guys. Don't do that, mm. guys. And then I brought like a cheap 30 quid USB mic, which was pretty good. That lasted me about five years. All right, it's not bad. Um, not bad. Yeah, it was good. It was good. But now I've got some proper professional equipment that I come mm. in on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, me, myself, I rushed it and bought myself a cheap 15 quid headset and I've had it for three years. Perfectly fine. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, uh, like I said, you have to spend hundreds on mics and hundreds on audio editing equipment. Just try it. I mean, that's what annoys me. Oh, I don't have the money to, for, for audio equipment. You don't have to have hundreds of thousand, thousands of pounds. Well, stuff even, even the voice memo app on an iPhone is really good now. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, just wrap, me. wrap your iPhone in a duvet, and mm. you've got a recording booth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, got it. oh, I, I want to do, it, but I don't have to do it. Well, do a bit of researching and try it. <laughs> I mean, uh, anyway, moving on. So tonight we're looking at the 2016 Ghostbusters movie, which spot the internet and. Two, which is the body hard these days for crying out loud, you can sneeze and it spots the internet. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Ooh. If you don't like this movie, you're a misogynist. If you like this movie, you're a hater from the original. I mean, it's like, why can't I just do like this? It's a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for that later on. But like I say, is why was the internet so hateful of this movie? Um, yet, yeah, yet, I think. Uh, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. No, you go. Sorry, 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 sorry. I think that a lot plays into this. It's for years, uh, Ghostbusters 3 was kind of in development hell. Then mm. it got turned into a video game. And then, mm. uh, yeah, a lot of people involved with this film basically came out and said that if you don't like it, you hate women. Mm. Yeah, and that's a and major Yeah, mistake. I think that kind of put a sour flavor in people's mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, have you actually played the video game? Yeah, I quite enjoyed it, actually. Yes, yes. I got it last Halloween for the PlayStation and I enjoyed it. It was kind of short, but I enjoyed it. You know, uh, I mean, I should dig it up, dig it out, and replay the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean. yeah, I was quite, quite enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what annoys me about this movie the most was Bill Murray, and I'll get back to this later on in the podcast. He rejected every single script idea that Dan Aykroyd <laughs> gave him. He just sat back and scripts, said "fuck off," or what's that effect? And I'm going, "You said yes to this movie." Hmm. I mean. I still don't get it. He says no to Ghostbusters 3 for, what was it, 10 years? But he says, yeah. yes, back the money truck up and I'll do this movie. 
anyway, right, before I even touch this movie, I want to say one thing right off the bat, and I want to get this thing crystal fucking clear. I am not a woman hater. I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, where you had strong female leads, such as Buffy, Xena, Scully, Ripley, uh, Linda Hamilton, or just off the top of my head. I mean, this is annoys me, because I sit there and slug off a few movies that are supposed to be, uh, oh, strong female women, yeah, you hate women. No. I just don't like the fact that most movies are now pandering to a certain demographic. But that's the only thing I'm going to say about this on the quote-unquote controversial side, <laughs> is that. I mean, I was also called a right-winger uh, because I slagged off a few movies. I'm like, wait a minute here, that's what makes me a right-winger for having an opinion that goes against the grain. <laughs> uh, there we have that one. Yeah, like I said, that's how I'm going to see that one. So on to the movie itself. Are you a big Ghostbusters fan? Yeah, like you, I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, mm. and I was the right age when the first two films came out. Mm-hmm. I don't have that many memories of seeing the first one at the cinema, although I did. But the second one in 89, I was seven and, like, really into it. I had all the toys. Mm. I loved the animated series. Yeah, really into it. I had the the big Ghostbusters house. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and all the ghosts and the toys and... I loved it. I remember going to Wimpy after seeing Ghostbusters 2 and I got the kids meal and in the kids meal they gave you a can and if you open the can in the dark like in the dark, a green kind of mist came out of it. Oh god. Oh well, that's not bad. I mean, Ghostbusters 2 was my very first film I saw in the cinema. I was 10 in 89 and I loved that movie. I saw a, a promotional badge somewhere lying around my house <laughs> from it. Um, that that was given away as the opening day thing because my brother took me there and I never forget this thing. And I love this movie, The Ghostbusters 2, which is why I'm yeah. shocked at why it gets so much hate saying it was a cheap copy of of Ghostbusters 1. It's a sequel. Hello, aren't all sequels cheap copies of the original? <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud. But what about this one here? When did you first see this, this 2016 version? I saw it at the cinema. I took my son and my nephew to go and see it. And I'm going to be totally honest here with you, John. I love an underdog. So okay, when I hear like people rallying against Daniel Craig being cast as Bond or Robert Pattinson cast as Batman, like I want those guys to go out there and just slay it and kill it and become the definitive version of those characters. Yeah. And I was much like that with this film. I wanted to like it. I wanted it to be incredible. I wanted mm. it to be the best Ghostbusters we've ever seen so that everyone that was slagging it off online would just have egg on their face. I remember tweeting Paul Feig and being like, look, all that matters is that you make a film that means as much to the kids of the future as the original did to me now. Mm-hmm. And he liked it and stuff. And I like Paul Feig's films. I, Spy is a brilliant comedy. Mm. Yes. Um, yes. And yeah, being totally honest, I don't hate this film. I think it's fine. And I think if this wasn't a remake of Ghostbusters, if this was, if they had just called this paranormal mm. and put it out and it was a bunch, a bunch of people like hunting ghosts and stuff. And, you know, we would all know, yeah, it's clearly inspired by Ghostbusters, but it's mm. not. I think this would be viewed a lot more favorably. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the my main problem with this movie is it's called Ghostbusters. It should have been called Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Because it's New York asking for help, therefore these women save New York or something yeah, stupid like that. 
They've uh, added that since. Yes, they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I mean, so why just have a, a little sub? title sort of thing but there we have that one um but me i saw this thing on vod uh after the cinema because i was not going to see this in the cinema because it was a fucking shitstorm <laughs> for this thing so now i wait for vod and watch it in the comfort of my own home and watched it and i thought it was all right i've watched this thing about five times now and it's all right it's not nothing spectacular it's nothing terrible but it's just all right the jokes are a bit mm. And some of the stuff is ridiculous in it, but it's all right. You know, like I said, if you call this like ghost chases or ridiculous or like that, this would not have got the hate that it did. All because of Ghostbusters and all the whole, the the, the PR stuff. If you hate this, you're a, you're a woman hater sort of stuff. And that was their death nail, I think. Yeah, also a lot of Paul Figg's films take place in kind of a heightened reality. Mm. So if you take Spy, for example... Like, nobody's really like Jason Statham's character in that. He's amazing in the film, and he steals every scene he's in. But there's no secret agent that thinks there's really a face-off machine. And because because he has such a heightened kind of reality in his films, they don't trailer well. Because you take a little few clips out of context, and it doesn't make sense without the tone of the rest of the film. So I don't think the marketing was helped by that either. And also, they kind of wanted to set it aside from the original but they also tied a lot of the original into the marketing mm-hmm. and i don't know i think maybe this had been an animated film same cast same script but it was a cartoon i think this would have been a really big hit yes possible yeah 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 absolutely yes that one yeah but my other thing i'd like about this was that Aykroyd was big for this movie hyped up to the fucking wazoo then when it came out he washed his hands with it completely and i'm going what you're, you're going to give this thing as much hype as possible then you wash your hands with it saying that it wasn't the script he agreed on sort of stuff and i'm going but oh I'm moving on just the check, on the check are cleared by then mm, yeah the check is cleared yeah yeah what am i saying <laughs> um what i know here do you think hollywood pulled the female card because that is all hollywood have to milk this de- dying dead franchise I don't know, I like this cast. Individually, I've seen all of these actresses in stuff that I really enjoyed. Bridesmaid, again, another Paul Feig Mm. movie, is a good comedy. And Kristen Wiig is great in that. Melissa McCarthy's great in that. Apparently, Mm. Melissa McCarthy wasn't a fan of the films, but she was a fan of the animated series. Oh, right, okay then. And I think that shows because she's clearly trying to make the animated series here. Mm. Okay Okay, but one thing I will say about this new movie is coming out and they've pulled the teen card slash Stranger Things card. Is that the last ditch attempt to, to resurrect this franchise or is it the last milking of the dead cow? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, maybe it's just Stranger Things is insanely popular. So if you have one of the yes. actors, of course, you're going to lean into that with your marketing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right, then, let's get into nuts and bolts then. So its budget was $150 million, and it's pulled in $230 million. So it kind of tanked, kind of miserably. Um, again, that must be the bad the bad uh, PR spin this had and the bad rep it had, because it pissed off the, the, the meninists out there, which I can't believe I will stand, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stand them at all, Mr. Mr. Spunk. Anyway, <clears throat> the cast, Kirsten Wigg, Melissa McCartney, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, Chris Helmsworth, Neil Casey, Bill Murray, and Charles Dance are the plot. 
a paranormal research team find out that the ghostly, the ghostly, the ghostly activity in New York City is skyrocketing. They find out someone is planting devices that magnify the spiritual energy. So they must stop them before New York, New York gets overrun by ghosts. Can they do so before New York and the world is doomed? Find out here. So there's a quick plot summary. <laughs> right. Now this won't be a, a deep dive because I've just got a few talking points here. Sure. So here we go. Right. Number one, a bad right off the bat. Just get this one right out of the way. Kevin, I can't stand what it did to Kevin. He, <laughs> played by Chris Elmworth. He's the Janine of this movie, but he's a fucking bag of rocks. He's stupid or a two short marks. What does this thing? He's he's almost too stupid to still be alive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't get this because Janine is a smart, sassy woman who took no shit from the boys yeah. and she was on top of things. But this guy's a big fucking bumbling idiot. I mean, the whole bit where what was it, a loud noise and he covers his eyes because he's, he's, he's scared to go deaf. Really, mate? I mean, and it takes... <laughs> I just love it when he's looking at his acting headshots and he's like, here's me playing the saxophone. Here's me listening to the oh, saxophone. God. That joke was, mm, yeah. The one, the one thing he did that made me laugh is when he puts his fingers through the glasses. Yes. And he's like, oh, yeah, they just, they reflect. I don't like them. Yeah, uh, because... That made me laugh, actually. Yeah, what was the other reason? Oh, I don't have glass in my, uh, lenses in my glasses because they get dirty, so I took them out. And I'm going, oh, for fuck's sake. Apparently that was an ad lib by Chris Hemsworth because he was trying desperate to keep up with the hilarious cast. I think one. you can tell what's ad-libbed in this and what mm. is scripted because it, it's kind of tonally all over the place. There's kind of a disconnect mm. between certain scenes and they don't quite flow in mm -hmm. with each other. And I think that's because a lot of it is ad-libbed. And there's, on the Blu-ray, I brought the Blu-ray for this brand new, still sealed, <laughs> uh, for £1.56 from Amazon about two days ago. <laughs> oh my God. I got Mings out of a pound shop for a pound 50. Oh, good. good. <laughs> like six months after it came out in the cinema. So <laughs> that was a bad sign right there. I mean, Jesus, jinkies. I mean, I can't find out for love them. I'm going to actually watch this on Netflix because I can't find this blurry. <laughs> it disappeared. Oh, maybe it's, it was haunted. Uh, but one thing I don't like about this movie, right? This is supposed to be a feminist movie, yet the girls are all over him like a bad rash. Now, don't get me wrong, in Ghostbusters 1 and 2, Janine was over Egon, but, and, uh, uh, what's his name, Lewis, in the second one, but the boys were not over her in the first movie, so why did they twist it so the girls are over him? Because he's pretty? I mean... It's mm. because it's Chris Hemsworth, and women online love Thor's arms, and they love talking about Thor's arms, and yeah, you've you've got to have that so that the women in the audience can be like, oh, that could be me perving over him. Okay then, okay, fair enough. That's just my, you know, my take on it. I don't know. I mean, it just annoys me that this is supposed to be a feminist movie, yet they have them pandering, or not even pandering, purring over this guy. I'm going, okay, dial that back just a wee bit here. I mean, could you imagine if, if that was four men purring over a woman? Could you imagine the explosion to heat this movie would get on online i mean oh absolutely absolutely it'd be like in wonder woman 1984 not to spoil it when mm. she basically date rapes a guy mm -hmm. um if that had been superman doing that to lois lane like that director would not be st still doing a star wars film next year 
Mm. Although I've seen that Superman 2 is called problematic because of the, the kiss, the forget me kiss thing. Yeah, good point. So it's like, oh, come on, it's like, oh, moving on. Moving on because it's just going to make my head explode. On to a good thing about this movie, I like the effects because let's face it, the effects in Ghostbusters 1 and 2 were a bit shaky. A bit yeah, short. it looks good. The effects are good. The CGI is great. Mm-hmm. There, is, there is one joke that I really like and that's when they first go to look at the haunted mansion. And I can't remember the exact line of dialogue, but they're like, Mr. Carruthers has been dead for 10 years. Oh, oh yeah. this is his son. Well, obviously, this is the one I meant. <laughs> I like yeah. that. That works. That would work in another film as well. Yes, yes. I love the fact how the um, the caretaker refuses to enter the, the haunted house. He just throws the keys down. Nope, I'm not going to be near that. No, no. <laughs> After he soiled himself. I didn't soil myself. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, some of the jokes are good, but some of the jokes I found for a bit, too much you know like how many times can custom would get covered in slime you know <laughs> how many fart jokes does this thing have and it's like that, oh, that oh. comes back to the heightened reality thing because the amount of times they fall on their proton packs mm. it's just like if you did that you would break your back in about seven places mm-hmm. but they plus, jump up like this should have been an animated film yes yes plus that's a nuclear reactor on their back would that explode if you banged it that much i mean <laughs> Bloody hell. One thing I do like about this is the Slimer is not kidified in this. The Slimer is generally it's like creepy. Oh, it's grotesque, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, I can believe that is uh, John Bosch's ghost. You know, <laughs> as the original Slimer is supposed to be John Bosch's ghost. Because think about it, he eats anything he wants. He I mean, basically uh, next to the Ecto-1 and joyrides around town with it, picks up a chick. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's John Boshi. So, mm, there that one. On to the girls themselves. They're walking stereotypes. We have the fat, loudmouth one, Abby, played by Melissa McCartney. Now, she's very hit or miss with me. I mean, I loved Spy. Yeah. And But I hated Tammy, because Tammy was just too much. of just in-your-face explosion. There's another one called... Shit, was it called? Head of the Class, where she's playing a mother, and her force goes back to college. Oh, yeah, for, yeah for daughter that's quite funny but thunder Th- force is a bit eh, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah when she gets a director that knows how to work with her she's she's amazing mm-hmm. yes yeah that's fair enough and then we have techie hulksman played by kate mckinnon the wild crazy dangerous techie type who is just too much you know i just wanted to go okay love calm down put in the red bull calm down focus you know she's over the place she's going what she do? At one point, she's dancing with flamethrowers. I'm going, <laughs> really, love? You're going to dance with flamethrowers? See, out of all the characters, she's the one I liked the most. But again, that comes down to the heightened reality. If you put mm-hmm. her in the original films, it doesn't work. No, 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 no. And then we had the uptight one, Erin even, played by Kirsten Wig. Uh, she's uptight. That's her whole character. She's uptight. <laughs> I mean... Uh, yeah. And then we have the final one, the sassy black chick, Patty, played by Leslie Jones. She's a hundred miles an hour and doesn't shut the fuck up, which I kind of grate through my nerves. Just a, a touch. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Now I get what in Ghostbusters one, Egon was a tech geek guy, Ray was uptight geek, Peter was a loudmouth wise guy, and Winston was a down to earth everyman. But did they have to copy it right down to that? Yeah, could they have tried something fresh and new? 
I mean, yeah, after I don't know why they didn't make Leslie Jones a scientist. Like, mm. if they if they want to be inclusive and they want to use all the Hollywood buzzwords to get people into this, surely mm. making the black woman be Abby in this, I don't know, or be Holtzman in this would have been more progressive yes. than making her just the uneducated subway worker who's just got New York smarts. Mm. Yeah, street smarts. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What I say is she kind of grated on me towards the end of the movie. I was like, okay, can we shush now? I mean, you're going too fast, 200. Just saying that they're all what that towards the end of the movie, they're like a bunch of kids on sugar bouncing <laughs> off the walls with their protein packs. It's like, okay, dial it down just a scooch. I'll talk about the protein packs. I like the gadgets in this, although some of them are ridiculous, like that fucking boxing glove thing. What the hell was that thing? I mean, again, it's a cartoon. Yeah, well, true, true, very true. And the picky meter looks like something a kids would play with the little pink spinning thing. What the fuck was that? <laughs> to use uh, a Hollywood marketing term, it's toyetic. Toyetic, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I suppose that's very true. Although I do love the 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 twin uh, proton guns that Hogsman has at the end. I like, I like they're kind of yeah, cool. But good. why would you like them? <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. But another thing I don't like about this movie is the bad guy Rowan, played by Neil Casey. He is nothing but an incel with a yeah. huge chip on his shoulder. I think he's meant to be the audience that dislike this film. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's also, has it ever explained how you get to know about this ghost tech stuff? I mean, they dropped one line where he read the book, but I'm going, that should excuse how he knows all about these ghosts and ley lines and the technology yeah. and stuff. It's kind of weak. <laughs> yeah, the villain falls apart here if um he'd been controlled by zool or something mm. like that it would have made more sense yes yes um but yeah he's a bit bit of a nothing character and we also get michael k williams in this r.i.p completely wasted so who did he play sorry uh he was one of the detectives oh right it's kind of hunting them down yeah but completely wasted what a waste of his talents okay then okay yeah, yeah. What I see is I think the ending to this movie fell completely to pieces because they had spent so much energy hyping up this movie and so much energy running around like headless freaking chickens, basically. But this ending fell to pieces for me. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but it just it kind of fizzled. Yeah, you the know, third act is the weakest. Mm, uh, mm. The first and second, yeah, they're fine. They they roll along pretty well. We didn't talk about the Egon bust. Oh, Our yes, I got that. Yeah. In the university, I do like that. Mm. Nice little nod. What do you make about all these cameos from the original actors? Oh, that? I'm going to bring them up. Okay, uh, sorry. And actually, the next point, actually. Um, what was I going to say there now? Right, I actually watched Ghostbusters last night. The original Ghostbusters, uh, again, the original Ghostbusters last night, just to sort of compare the two movies. And what this movie needed was light jazz <laughs> and a, a lighter touch you know because constantly in the 80s one it's constantly happy do 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 look music um and it has like weird pop music like uh yeah. magic and and various other things that i can't remember off my head and it needs a lighter touch well this one is just too chaotic you know it's got too much energy behind it and it's all about the well place as again as i said just dial it back just a little bit and calm down a little and try being a bit more serious because I mean, you have the ladies at the end shooting the Ghostbusters thing in the dick. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on, really? Well, that that was a trope in films at the time because 21 Jump Street ends with the main villain getting his dick shot off. 
All right, I've seen that movie, so... Uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> right so then uh, onto the humour which again I think is pure of humour the fart jokes the puke jokes the queef jokes the idiot level laughs in this where the fuck's the smart jokes I mean Ghostbusters 1 and 2 had smart intelligent jokes this one just has oh my god the Erin's covering slime again or oh my god they fell on their arse again or they're, they're getting pushed around the place by ghosts funny haha i'm like where's the intelligent jokes a lot of a lot of this feels like they just got together in the room and they were like right what are we going to do today well how about i get this and then i'm slimed and then i fall on the floor it's it's very gcse drama mm. sort of stuff yeah yeah i mean i've got that's another point paul feig or feig had no control over a set it was all improv and you could tell a mildly this is all improv because Nothing seems to gel, it seems to be bouncing over the place. And I'm like, no, 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 stick to a script or a, a, a skeletal script at that. But this seems to be like, you fall here, I'll laugh this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll slap you in the face and the ghost will come out of you. Sort of thing, I'm going, that's not clever nor funny. I mean, that's an exorcist joke. <laughs> so, hmm. So as you mentioned, yeah. the celebrity cameos from Ozzy Osbourne. Why? Uh, traditional cast, again, Why? I love that this one is, quote, we're standing on, on our own two feet. This is our own, own movie. Why the hell do you have Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, and Sigourney Weaver in this if you're going to be standing on your own two feet then? And also, they're wasted. Yeah, and the Sigourney Weaver cameo is really weird because she's just another version of Holtzman. Mm, like they've yeah. got the same hairstyle, and I don't know if it's kind of implied that they're lovers, which is no, really, really weird. Mm. I think it's just mentor mentor sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, but Dan Aykroyd wasted was it one two-minute scene thrown away. Bill Murray, what was he, in ten minutes of scene, killed? Yeah. <laughs> you have Ernie Hudson, one throwaway joke. And I'm going, why did you bring the additional cast in? Could you know if stood on to, th- as, you've gone, as you said, standing on the feet and do the thing? Like I, I, said, wonder if they were, I wonder if they were contractually obligated for a third movie and this counted as as their third appearance so they were like right okay this is us out of contract now maybe maybe although are they in the new movie afterlife or well dan Aykroyd definitely is because his voice is in one of the trailers okay okay uh, janine's in it uh, i can't remember the annie potts um yeah annie potts justice um but yeah, they've kept it really silent as to whether Bill Murray's in it. Mm, I've got to guess no. <laughs> but then he's in some of the marketing, like um, I, Ivan Reitman, uh, Jason Reitman showed him the trailer and got his reaction. So it's an odd thing to do if he isn't in the film. Okay then, fair enough. Fair enough then. Okay then. Okay then. I guess is from what I understand about Bill Murray, he rejects scripts like hundreds a year. And if it does do a script, you're lucky. It takes a while you're lucky if you actually stick to the script. So he's very much hit or miss. Doesn't he I mean, famously have like a phone line that people call? Yes, and, and just yeah. ignore it. <laughs> and they basically just yeah. have to sell him on it in like 10 seconds or he just skips message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I'm not a fan of Murray's movies, his latter movies. I'm not a fan of him at all. I just think he's a over overrated actor. I mean, ever since the 
what the late eighties. He's been a terrible actor. Yeah. I, mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, so uh, another point I want to bring up here. This thing copies Ghostbusters one beat for beat. Yeah, pretty much. It, it's so weird that they want it to be its own thing, but they want to lean so heavily mm. on the shoulders of the giants that made the franchise. It's yeah. a weird choice. And I get why Paul Feig didn't want a bunch of men showing up and being like, here's all our stuff. He wanted a, a film where the women figure this stuff out for themselves. And I get that from a story yeah. and storytelling point of view. But I also don't get why this couldn't be Ghostbusters, the Boston branch. Maybe they franchised mm. it and we're seeing a new branch of Ghostbusters. Remember there was, around this time, there was going to be like a Ghostbusters shared universe. Like, wasn't Jonah Hill in talk and there was going to be like Ghost Corps and there was going to be like Ghostbusters Chicago and stuff like that. Well, I know in real life there is actually cosplayers that are sectioned off in America. There's like okay. Chicago and New York and, I don't know, Boston and various other states. So that happened in reality, but I don't know about the movie-verse sort of thing. What I find interesting, as I said, I watched the original Ghostbusters last night, and you're right, the men just show up with their their proton packs. And this movie actually shows the ladies building the proton packs, or Paulson building the proton packs. I actually like that, how they're figuring out how the, the, the technology works. Yeah. The original, it just shows of Egon, Ray, and, and um, what's his name, Peter, with the proton packs on their back. They're going, we haven't tested this yet. Oh, crap, turn me on. You know? I mean, I'm going, well, how, who designed this? Where did you get the technology from? <laughs> Where did you get the nuclear reactors from? Yeah, but that works in the context of that film because, it, I don't know, and that, that would have thrown the pacing off of the original if all of a sudden we watched them build the proton packs. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it, it kind of works here. But yeah, I do remember around 2010, 2011, there was a company set up called Ghost Corps. Mm. And I think Dan Aykroyd was like the showrunner, like the Kevin Feige. And there was going to be, I, I swear, Jonah Hill was involved in one. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Like I said, I know there's a, a documentary called Ghost Corps on, it was on Netflix, if it still is on it. And it basically explains how. In America, there's like multiple different branch, uh, branches of the cosplay Ghostbusters, so they oh. shop at various uh, Comic Cons and such. So maybe it's that. But like I said, yeah, the one thing I, I found annoying about this movie is it has beat for beat, as I says, it has the opening scare, then it has them get tossed at university, it has them looking for new digs, it has the car. Okay, fair enough, it's a it's a hearseness one, not an ambulance. Um, it even has Slimer, it has the, the Haunted Hotel, the 60-foot bad guy, it even has a beam shooting it into the sky. Come on, it's beat for beat. Yeah, but around this time the film came out, every Hollywood film had a sky beam. Yeah, well, that's true. A that's laser true. fight, and that, that's every Marvel movie, that's every DC movie. Mm, that's not um, true. Yeah, yeah it's just, it was just in vogue at the time. Okay, okay, that's fair enough then. So another thing which I think kind of off of this movie was Paul Feig or Feig had no control on the set. He let the girls run amok on the set and didn't script to stick to the script at all, which is like, no, 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 you've got, now got a disjointed movie now. You should have kept them at a relatively reined-in pace instead of letting them run amok. 
Yeah, the first Venom movie suffers from that. It's basically the Tom Hardy improv two hours. And uh, we're going way off topic here, but Venom 2 is a lot more cohesive than the first film. All right. And I think it's because Andy Serkis was able to just sit Tom Hardy down and be like, right, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Rather than the the first director. And I actually had, because I said on the podcast that that's what it felt like. And I had somebody who worked on the film email me asking to remain anonymous. And they were like, yeah, the director just couldn't handle Tom Hardy. So okay. I think it's it's the same in this situation. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I've not seen the second Venom yet. I'll wait for uh, VOD. It's on VOD, actually. And I'll watch it then. But I've heard mixed things about that. But what has done? What doesn't have mixed mixed reviews did nowadays be kind of odd. Um, oh yes, the one ton or one ton joke did not die. I mean, I was like, let it go. Already. It's not funny. <laughs> For oh, there's sake. more of it in the extra three hours of bonus features. Oh god. Right now, this little bit here, I'm going to get pernickety and really nitpickety. The YouTube video that gets Aaron fired only has eleven thousand views, but goes viral. Ooh, Karen. <laughs> And it has less than 100 comments, but it's all over Reddit. I'm going, that wouldn't be 11,000, a couple of million, but moving on. I've got down here, the jokes are lame. Kevin's interview, the my cat, no, my dog is Mike cat. That went on for too long. I went, that joke is not funny. Let it die. And who wrote that joke down? Who went, this is gold, put on the script. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. What would you say about the, the jokes? Do they work for you? Some do, but they're <laughs> very few and far between. Like I said, the 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 son being confused for the older man who's the ghost uh, that mm. that's funny. That works. There's a there's a couple of Chris Hemsworth bits I like when he's like not wearing the glasses. Uh, yeah, overall, no. It's kind of a real lame duck. This film and. Yeah, I, like I said, I do think this film is fine. For what it is, if you just put this on and have a drink and watch it, it's it's fine. It's a perfectly fine film. Mm. Uh, but it's not a Ghostbusters film. No, no. This is a yeah, a perfectly mediocre movie, I would say. Yeah, But like I said, some of these jokes are really... Like the coffee joke is really lame, where Chris Hemsworth's character can't ha- just like coffee. And he spits out all the time going... Really, mate? Oh, moving on. Uh, on to the Ghostbusters logo, which was done by accident by a street artist. Really? That is what you call lazy writing. <laughs> I mean, that just bugged me. I went, really? I didn't even have it on a fucking logo. I didn't even have it on their, their jumpsuits. I don't have it on one door of the car. I'm going, really? You just take this logo? But you're... Oh, moving on. <laughs> that just annoyed me. How did the artist sued in the reality of this film? Mm. Yeah, it was very true, actually. That street artist would have took them for all their worth so hmm interesting um one thing i do like is the designs of the ghosts are generally scary i mean yeah the ghost designs are great and this this is a film that uses its cgi really well um obviously back in the 80s technology didn't exist Mm. Uh, and it looks amazing here and I, i wonder if there's a way a really skilled editor could edit this film into a really cohesive fun adventure possibly yeah maybe about a 40 minute sort of short sort of thing fan edit sort <laughs> of thing. minute extra for a dvd 
<laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, if you take away all the terrible, oh, I fell on my arse again, or oh, I'm slimed, or I hate coffee, or my, my dog's called my cat, Michael Hat, funny, haha, then this might actually work as a, as a relatively short uh, movie. I've got on here Bill Murray, the reason why Ghost was a 3 was never made. He would send every single script back shredded. Yeah. Without reading it, but he did this for bank. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about Bill Murray as an actor? Uh, I like his earlier work, like Caddyshack, uh, mm. Groundhog Day, Ghostbusters, obviously. Uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, he's really good in Zombieland, but it's just a cameo. Mm, it's just a cameo, exactly. Like I say, I like his earlier stuff, but his later stuff is just a nope for me. That's just me, but I suppose. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the outfits. What the hell are the outfits, by the way? <laughs> I mean, the Paddy steals them from her job working on the, on the subway, on an underground. I love the fact she just goes, these are sort of getting slinged. And okay then, um, what is with the orange stripes? Well, it's weird because she works in the ticket booth. Mm-hmm. So... I, I spent 11 years working on the railway and it's all different divisions and stuff like that. So what I did is I worked on the platform for about five years and then I moved down to lost property. And, mm. you know, I couldn't just walk into another department and take and the uniform yeah. <laughs> driver. Like I couldn't walk into where the driver's department was and take a train driver's uniform and be like, yeah, we can wear these. So I don't know how the hell she's got these overalls that I guess the cleaners or the maintenance staff would have. Mm, yeah, exactly. But I mean, moving on to the Ghostbusters first mission, can we say the Autons? <laughs> I mean, I love that um, <laughs> that dummy comes to life, the mannequin comes to life, and going, Autons, is that you? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I it watched my- Yes, it looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying it's very much autons. It's just me. I mean, I worked in Mark Spencer's in the mid-2000s, and I hated going down to the basement where all the mannequins were because it came with a fucking heebie-jeebies. I was like, nope, I <laughs> got in there. Uh, and then I saw the um, Doctor episode, and I was like, okay, fucking down that, that mannequin room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's just students. Yeah, it's just students. Right. Um, also, what the hell was that? green ghost a dragon <laughs> what the fuck was that a ghost of a dragon i mean was it i mean it stands to reason okay this this is why i don't believe in ghosts because yeah. if there were ghosts we would be inundated with caveman ghosts mm-hmm. dinosaur ghosts like Multiple it's all whenever and... someone says they've seen a ghost like it's an old victorian child it's never like i saw a caveman I know there's the BBC sitcom Ghost, which is really good, that does that. But yeah, we would, if there were ghosts, like a, a pterodactyl ghost wouldn't be like, well, I can't come out now. It would just be <laughs> flying around all over the place and we would be aware of it. Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay, then. Okay. Like I said, that, that weird green dragon ghost thing, what the hell is that a ghost of a dragon? Maybe it was a Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, like maybe Chinese New Year, a bunch of people mm. were in a dragon costume making it move, and then there was some horrendous tragedy. And <laughs> yeah. Now they've all come back as that dragon. Okay then. Okay. Okay. Well, like I say, I mean, this is basically the '80s Ghostbusters cartoon because some of these ghosts are right out of the cartoon. 
I mean, I noticed that at the parade, but towards yeah. the end of the movie, they're right out of the bloody 80s cartoon. Well, another thing that got in my tits was there's too much techno babble spewed out by Hawksman constantly. She talks about how this is, this was that, and, da, 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 and I'm going, yeah, making the, the proton packs is nice, making the gadgets is nice, but you have to explain every little minute detail for the thing. Make you sound yeah. like a machine gun constantly spewing out techno babble. Does get a bit much. I just want to make one more point about Chris Hemsworth, if I may. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this weird thing in like films and TVs when somebody has to play dumb. But more often than not, they go too far. And if you want an example of people playing dumb really well, Roger Lloyd Pack as Trigger mm. in Only Fools and Horses, like Trigger's believable. Mm-hmm. Like you could you could meet that guy down the pub. He's not too dumb that he can't function in life but he you know he's he's dumb and blake harrison from the in-betweeners as neil he's he's brilliant as that what was it was neil's the tall one isn't he neil's the tall one yeah those, those two play dumb so well it's like the lights are on but no one's home and it's <laughs> never too much mm, mm. i mean dare i throw in tom hanks as forrest gump or is that too much? Is that too far? <laughs> That's a bit too far, yeah. Okay then, okay then. I mean, technically he's not dumb, he's just naive, shall we? Uh, yeah, and he's he's maybe got some learning difficulties. Mm, okay, I mean, I'll go with the naive side to, to be nice. I mean, Benjamin, okay, I'll backtrack that one then. Uh, yeah, yeah, what is this? Yeah, I can see your point. Um, Chris Helmer's character is too stupid in this movie. What are the... He can't answer the phone because it's too loud for him. Really? I mean, he tries to answer the the phone in the fish tank because it's a fish tank ornament sort of thing, decoration. That's maybe funny. I'm going mm, too far. Oh, anyone that dumb would be in hospital because I'd be like, you must have hit your head so fucking hard that mm. we need to investigate you. Yeah, yeah. You must funny. have a brain tumour bigger than your actual brain let's get you in and see this like he's he's too dumb to be a real person mm, mm, yeah yeah all the fact how he goes i was a model then i was an actor but i want to become an actor again and i'm going okay then you're lucky only fans are thing. <laughs> oh that yeah. character's got no fans yeah oh yes yeah he's got only fans and just for fans and god knows what he's going <laughs> yeah yeah um, so let's bring it back, back to the PG level of this movie. Um, one thing that really pissed me off, as I bring it up, brought it up earlier, was Patty slapping the ghost out of Abby. Uh, the ghost of what was the bad guy in this um, call again? <laughs> God, that's a Roan. Yeah, Roan kills him. That's a remember who this guy is. He kills himself by setting off his final trap sort of thing to break the barrier between the ghost world and our world and the ghost possesses um kevin chris uh, body so patty slaps abby across the jaw and out flies the ghost i'm going really <laughs> that's a no religion at all just like a bitch slap across the face <laughs> and that's that spews out the ghost yeah it would have been better if I don't know, she got like a mild electric shock or something and then the ghost jumped out. Yeah, it is a bit unbelievable. Again, that that was probably an improv scene and they were like, oh, how would you get a ghost out? Oh, what if I slap you? Mm. 
Yeah, I'm a bit slap you then. That was fine. Also, the fact how possessed Abby gets her neck turned all the way around. She did. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, if yeah, she, she, be dead. she be dead. Yeah, she did. So, hmm. Now, on to another nitpick here. And the motorbike was Ecto 3, not Ecto 2. Ecto 2 was a gyrocopter. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's annoyed me. <laughs> it's a little geek side me. Uh, I've got down here, Q is a kind of tragic scene as Rowan and Kevin's body opens the barrier and up spews a light beam into the sky. What happens in about fucking 20,000 movies during 2015 up to today. Um, I was getting kind of tired tropes and all. Yeah, and also, I've been to a few heavy metal gigs in my time. Mm. That audience would have teared that pretty boy band apart. <laughs> there, there's no way. I mean, why not get Fallout Boy? I know they, they did the music for the thing. I know they're not a metal mm. band, but at least they've got a fan base. At least it's an established band that people know. And when you mm. saw them, it would be believable. But I'm like, nobody at this gig is having a good time. God, yeah. I, I remember years ago, I went to go and see, I was called a, an all-day um, gig sort of thing. And the headliner was Alice Cooper. And Pantera, I think it was, was this the sort of second big hitter bands. And all through that day, they had all these weird bands I didn't bloody heard of. And there's this one guy, and... I can't remember the name of the band, and he was an old guy in his what in his fifties, and he the dyed blonde hair, and he's literally just going on the stage, skipping up and down the stage, going, "Come on, clap your hands, everybody, clap your hands!" He was getting balls thrown out <laughs> because it was just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going, really, mate, you're you're you have these baying um, heavy metal fans, and you're going skip across the, the stage, clap your hands, everybody, come on, come on, clap, clap. I'm going, really, mate, no, just shut down and sit down and shut the fuck up. So that's not you. Um, also, I saw, believe it or not, I saw Nickelback live. Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> and all he was doing was walking up and down the stage, going from subwoofer to subwoofer, and that was it. Nothing. I was going, where's your hoopspah? Where's your oomph? You know, you're basically just boringly walking up down the stage. I mean, there was nothing to that, that gig at all. You know, Brazil Scoopers cut his head off, hanging himself, electrocuting himself. <laughs> You know, they've got bones from the ceiling, you've got godness, you've got blood, guts and gore. I mean, he's what, 75, he's still rocking? Yeah. Should I tell you something really depressing? We're going massively off topic here, but something really depressing. I saw that Alice Cooper's playing in London mm. next year, and I mm. saw that the gig starts at half past nine, and I went, ah, oh, no, too late. Oh, God. I tried I'm to get tickets 39. For uh, I tried to get tickets for that, but it sold out like that. It's like, you son of because he's come to Glasgow also. And uh, it sold out for about a day. I was like, you son of a... <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah. I've seen that guy, what, three, four times now? So, yay. <laughs> um, now where was I? I'm off topic. Oh, yes. The ghost balloons at the end. What the hell were they ghosts of? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? They're not people. No, they're not people. And I do love the fact that they almost get killed by the Stay Puff man. But Erin stabs it in the dick with a what was it, a pen that she had or something like that. A Susarman knife. That was kind of funny. It's also like how is Stay Puft in this? Because mm. in the first one, he's a manifestation that Ray has when he's trying not to think about anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like again, they're they're trying to stand on their own two feet, but they want to 
get those in to get the fans or even i guess even if you're not a fan you you get the beats like if you're not a fan of star wars you know who yoda is mm-hmm. i guess if you're not a fan of ghostbusters you know who the marshmallow man is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe it was just all about marketing although to be fair in the original ghostbusters movie the stay puff is actually a brand so there's like little nods and winks over the yeah. place so maybe it's a brand balloon well yeah compared to the new film there are little stay puff men in there so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah 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 uh what else do we have here? oh yes ron slash kevin making the police army and firemen all dance can we say the mask <laughs> i mean oh and the, there's more of that on the three hours of yes extra. yeah yeah oh god that was just bad I'm sorry, but that was supposed to be funny. That was that was Chris Hilmer's big scene, and I shoved it at, at the end credits, <laughs> which I loved. Um, but there we have that one. And also, why did a ghost teleport back to the 70s? Teleport New York, uh, Times Square rather, back to the 70s. What was so special about the 70s? Maybe yeah. it's where that ghost is from. That's where they were happiest. They just yearn for a simpler time. Mm, I suppose that's very true. That's very true. Although in saying that, this um, Rowan guy seems like he's a gadget freak, so wouldn't he love the modernised gadgets? Why don't we go back to the 70s for... I mean, just suppose, dare I say it, he's supposed to be a meninist, therefore women had less rights in the 70s in his eyes. So let's go back to the good old days sort of scenario. Yeah, they'd be right up for it, wouldn't they? Mm, mm. I just popped my head there. Um, I, I do like the, the slow motion fights in this. I thought the slow motion fights were... were very clever and fairly well shot. I go down here. I love Hawksman's uh, twin proton handguns. Um, yeah, although, that's cool. Um, mm. She she is the best character in this, but she is a bit too much. Like you said, cut down on the Red Bull. Yes, I have one to the six, you know. <laughs> or I have two. <laughs> uh, but it was it. Yes, the single-use weapons. Why did they have single-use weapons? That kind of bugged me. It makes no sense, especially if you're trying to start a business. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked the sort of, what was that thing? The shredder thing that Patty had. I liked that thing. Sucked in the ghost and turned into. That was kind of cool. And I loved the shotgun thing that um, Aaron had. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. That a lot cool. of the gadgets are really good in this. Mm. Again, but why are they one-shot weapons? And they're, I suppose one of them was destroyed by a ghost, so that's... Mm. <laughs> but yeah... I mean, like I said, that, that punching boxing glove thing kind of, I was like, what is that? <laughs> hmm. Right, then. So, uh, what's his name? Rowan um, uh, turns into a Peter Pan ghost, as he says, and he flies around the, the, <laughs> the hotel, and then turns into a giant Ghostbusters logo, and then tries to trash uh, Times Square. And I'm going, really? I love the fact how they, they, they run away from it and shoot it in the face, and he goes, who is that best you've got? And then they realised after they used the Ecto-1's containment unit to shut the, the portal back up again. So they do that. Uh, but how did they get him into it? Why did they shoot him in the dick or in the balls? Take that, man. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I wasn't too keen on this ending. I thought we could have done something a, a lot better than that. Yeah. I, again, it was probably a disjointed improv. We've got so much. <laughs> how do we end it? But yeah, the, the the third act is where this film just really falls apart. Oh, I forgot to mention the mayor and that mayor assistant. What the hell was that all about? 
where she gets annoyed to the column the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> and I whole... think that's because you had a mayor in the first one and then you had Dickless, who was his assistant. <laughs> and yeah, they just want to ape the original again. Mm, that's very true. That's very, very true. Like I say, is this should have been its own movie and not have copied Ghostbusters 1 and 2 as much as they did, then maybe this would have been more successful. And yeah, like, like, like we said, if this had been like Ghost Chasers or Ghost Hunters or even if they'd done Ghostbusters but they'd just done their own thing with it, I, I think it'd be better. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I say, is instead of having a go at the old school Ghostbusters fans, maybe they should have concentrated more on their their movie and not pissed off the hardcore fans because maybe that was their their last death nail. Yeah, I think so because I was really hoping to love this film and I, you know, my son was what nine at the time, my nephew would have been ten, and they loved it. Mm. Um, they they loved the ghosts, they loved the spectacular of it. Um, this. They love the spectacle. Uh, I can't even talk today. Sorry. <laughs> they love the spectacle of it, and I came away being like, "Yeah, it was, it's fine." Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I watched this thing, going, "This is going to be absolute car crash," but watching that went, "No, it's not a car crash. It's just there. <laughs> you know, it's not great. It's not shite. It's just there. A middle of the road movie." Um, but let's wrap this thing up right today. The jokes, as I says, don't land and are not funny. There's too much improv in this thing. It's just a bland copy and paste of Ghostbusters 1 and 2. The effects are great. Not not fantastic, but they're great. Uh, the script, however, is dumber than Kevin. I mean, uh, I don't know. I just can't stand what they did to this movie's Janine. Like I said, Janine was a smart, sassy, techno-shit ball-breaker. This guy's Lucky you can actually be able to breathe in and out for crying out loud. So, what do you say about this thing? Do you think if they'd had an AI receptionist that just kept crashing, a bit like Holly in Red Dwarf, do you think that would have worked a little bit better? Mm, possibly, possibly. I mean, I love the fact um, at the end when the city actually go, okay, we're now going to fund fund you. They go, just disconnect these four. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> what you should have done? I mean, why? Yeah. You, oh, on. So, what do you say about this thing then? Yeah, all in all, it, it's fine, and I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> but I, I would rather a film take a massive swing and miss than just try and play it safe. And I feel like they try and play it safe here. Mm-hmm. They've got four comedians in the role, like four people that have been on Saturday Night Live and stuff like that. Mm. And I think they lent too heavily on these four people improv in their own stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the jokes did not land. Right, then, let's score this one out of ten. I'm going to give this thing a very fair three out of ten. What would you give it? Uh, probably four. Four okay. out of ten. Like, it isn't terrible. I, I, would, I would love to either love it or hate it. But at mm. the moment, it's just like, eh. Yeah, she's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, so then, right, so thanks for listening. If this is your first or indeed 300 plus podcast, and I would don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Also, follow me on Twitter at Here's a Johnny's a Pod. I want to thank Martin for helping me cover this movie.
Thanks for having me on again. It's been an honor to be back in this chair. I'm sorry to the <laughs> listeners that I've not been that cohesive and a bit a bit rambly today. Yeah. You know, it's my son's birthday and I'm a bit hopped up on sugar and Red Bull. <laughs> Just like this movie, hooked up on sugar and Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, now you can follow Martin on his podcast, Bad Wolf. Wolf even. Um, where can you find? Is it anywhere and everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anywhere you get your podcasts on all social media, I'm at Bad Wilf. Uh, that's Wilf, W-I-L-F, not Wolf. It's a pun on Doctor Who. Um, but yeah, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us. Okay then, okay then. Right then, well, let's just see a bite this one. That's <laughs> a terrible ending. <laughs> like the film itself, John. Uh, yeah, so it's a wet squib on ending. <laughs> God, that was terrible. Let's anyway, well. <laughs> oh god now i've got bloody dance magic dance stuck in my head now i've got too many wontons in my uh oh god okay that's a stop recording oh my god right then well anyway as i said well thanks for doing this with me and no worries mate uh, that's all i can say thanks <laughs> <God>. <laughs>